Serb Alpin, Timo DeBrass, and Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio, my guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, making what very much resembles his weekly Monday appearance, but is not very much resembles, but is not his weekly Monday appearance. The managing editor of Fangraphs.com, Dave Cameron. Dave Cameron is the guest. Typically, what Cameron will do is, during those Monday appearances, to analyze all baseball. Instead, what one finds here is a sometimes clumsy but never insincere conversation about late Marlins right-hander and divine ray of light, Jose Fernandez. Fernandez, of course, died early Sunday morning. It's probably fair to say that he belongs to a class of individual whose death exerts an influence on those even beyond his immediate sphere. There are many in the public who, despite having no relation to Fernandez or even any acquaintance with him, still very clearly are affected by his passing. Over the next 25 minutes or so, Cameron and I attempt to understand that mostly, honestly, by examining our own feelings, which, because we are human people, probably very much resemble the feelings inside the people who listen to this program. And that's really it. Dave Cameron's appearances are typically sponsored by SeatGeek. Probably doesn't make much sense to read an entire sponsor's message. However, I will say thank you to SeatGeek for sponsoring the program. And I will continue by saying that this is... Nearly the end of the introduction. What is it? It is Fangraphs Audio. Who does it feature? Managing editor of Fangraphs, Dave Cameron. When does it begin? Right now. Uh, and of course, we're going to we'll be discussing. They both pertain to Jose Fernandez, um, and I guess so. You you do you've done a good job uh, today of discussing um, those qualities uh, about Jose Fernandez, which most appeal to you. I think, in particular, his seeming um, uh, unceasing enthusiasm for life, with uh, for life and for the game. I mean, is that mostly how you'd characterize it? Yeah, I mean, I think um, when I woke up yesterday, uh, now that I'm on the West Coast, I was, you know, a uh, little bit further behind the times. So I woke up to, like, some notifications on our Slack channel of, like, uh, I think it was just all – the first thing I saw was Paul Swyden saying, I'll take Fernandez, uh, like, basically claiming a post topic. And so I figured he was injured. That was kind of what went through my mind. And then as I scrolled back, I saw the notifications that he had actually passed away. Um yeah, I mean, the things I didn't, the things I remembered right away weren't the slider or the strikeouts or just how good Fernandez was, but like the, the things that made him so different than everybody else in the game in terms of like the smile and the joy and the, just like the fact that he was a giant kid and played the game that way and seemingly lived his life that way. And then as you like read the rest of the day's stories, the people who actually knew him, cause we, we didn't really know him. But the people who spent time with him, his teammates, his coaches, the people who were around him, basically confirmed what we suspected is, like, this was just a kid who never grew up, but in the best way possible. It wasn't an immature child, but just a kid who didn't take on kind of the the worst parts of adulthood and um, the, the ideas that are, like, the joy that is stripped from you when you become too mature to remember to, like, that picture of the fireworks that I embedded in the post, like... I wept for like 20 minutes after saying that. I'm just like this guy who'd pitched a game at Dodger Stadium. Like his arm probably hurt. He probably needed to like go do some kind of training. And instead, he grabs a folding chair just to get a better view of the fireworks. Like that's 
when we say like don't grow up and don't lose your don't lose that childlike spirit, that's really what Jose Fernandez had, and that that's what we're gonna miss. He was not. Uh, you never got the sense that he was world weary, right? Yeah, I think like cynicism has become like a currency of the day, and Jose Fernandez was a refreshing break from cynicism. Like there was nothing in his life that seemed to be skeptical. Like he wasn't. He wasn't acting. He wasn't. I mean, like, uh, you know, the the gift that I embedded in there of him just like pounding the dugouts <laughs> after Giancarlo Stanton hits that home run, like that's as genuine as it gets, right? Like this was a guy who like legitimately just was like, "Yep, this is who I am." <laughs> and like uh, after he hits the home run and watches it go 600 feet, uh, and the, the Chris Johnson makes a total fool of himself threatening to beat the crap out of Fernandez for not, like, rounding the bases that so then Fernandez just laughs at him and, like, finds it funny and, like, goes in the dugout and just, like, chuckles at the stupidity of this, like, unwritten rule from this, like, probably, whatever, southern white guy who wasn't happy with a Cuban. Uh, and I think, well, you, like... You, you, that, sort of, uh, that sort of quality express is one where... Because uh, it requires a sort of, like, uh, ecstatic um, aloofness, I guess. You... you, you um, I know that like the, my my wife was sharing with me an anecdote about these two uh, monks who referred to each other as sacks of rice. Like they'd be like, oh, "How you doing, you sack of rice?" And the other one would be like, "Oh, how you doing, you sack of rice?" Uh, because they didn't they didn't really have any sense of uh, uh, like personal aggrandizement, if that makes sense. Um, sure. There was something in that like Fernandez's enthusiasm even after the fight. He was like. He seemed to almost be like he seemed to to feel privileged to be able to participate in in a in that sort of uh, in, in that uh, kerfuffle. I mean, I don't know if I like I didn't react to it as like privileged. I think he just found the whole thing silly, right? Like as the teams are like surrounding him at home plate and the relievers are running in from the bullpen, he's got a smile on his face even then. Like he's laughing at the ridiculousness of these stupid rules that, like, Chris Johnson and Brian McCann are trying to enforce upon him of, like, you need to have less fun. And he's like, why? Why do I need to have less fun? And I think that's, uh, you know, that's what baseball is going to really Cameron? miss in Jose Fernandez is, Cameron? you know, we've had, you know, guys like Bryce Harper and Jose Batista, and, like, clearly there's, like, some push from hey, the Oh, Cameron, Cameron, yeah. sorry. Cameron? Yeah, hey. Oh, sorry, you broke out, you, you said, um, they were like, you need to have less fun. Yeah, so you have these guys like Chris Johnson and Brian McCann who are like, you need to have less fun. And he's like, why do I need to have less fun? And I think the great thing about Jose Fernandez is like maybe a little different from like the Jose Batista or the Bryce Harper, the guys who are a little bit like, um, uh, they can be a little obnoxious in their celebrations, like, and, and potentially like taunting towards the opponents. And there's like maybe some legitimate criticism of like they really are disrespecting their opponents. Fernandez wasn't disrespecting anybody. He was just enjoying the game, right? And I think that's what we see in guys like Fernandez and Adrian Beltre and um, players who are just legitimately enjoying themselves. Uh, and I think that was a special quality that, that, that baseball is really going to miss. You know, it's interesting You uh, the degree to which um, the, the sort of his talent and success, uh, the, how that works on us in relation to what we know these sort of uh, biographical highlights of him, right? Because uh, it, that's that's what you kind of get. That's what you get as someone who's, uh, you know, not not in the clubhouse every day or not a member of his family. Certainly, <clears throat> the, 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 you, I think that in 
I'll echo your sentiment, is that the thing that you remember is not necessarily the talent. Although I think also at some level, the talent is the vehicle, right? You see someone who's immensely talented, which obviously gives them exposure, gives them increased exposure. Um, and then because of that increased exposure, um, you know, this is not a person who wilts under it, but instead, uh, you know, seems to, um, seems to continue to deliver, you know, the sort of virtues that you're talking about. Yeah, but I think it's an interesting dichotomy of like, did we love Jose Fernandez's antics because he was so good or uh, did the talent, is the talent separated from the personality? And I think of like, you know, a guy like Munenori Kawasaki, right? Like not a very talented Major League Baseball player as far as Major League Baseball players go. A, a fringe 25th guy who's essentially hung around the Major Leagues for a few years because players love being around him. And he's a cartoon character cheerleader for the rest of his teammates. Uh, Fernandez was basically that with Clayton Kershaw's skills. So mm-hmm. you kind of combined like the guy that like everybody loves and the, the kind of uh, what I think the Marlins called him like the heartbeat of their clubhouse, right? Like Fernandez was the personality of that team. Uh, and then also was the second best pitcher in baseball, the best right-handed pitcher alive. Um, and when you have those two things together, I think that's really uh, un- unusual. It's like, we, we, I think star players and guys who are very good from a very young age have a lot of the stuff coached out of them, right? Like this is um, kind of the American culture of baseball is to not be like Jose Fernandez, to be subtle, to be boring, to be Madison Bumgarner. Mm-hmm. I will take uh, Jose Fernandez over Madison Bumgarner every day of the week and not a, not based on pitching, but an entertainment value and uh, joy and infection. And as a role model, I will take what Fernandez brought to the table over Bumgarner's righteous anger over nothing. I have to say, it, I, I assume I'll be a little bit generous towards uh, Bumgarner and, and um, you know, the sort of uh, the values you're representing. I think that everyone, I mean, to some degree, we're all merely a collection of influences, right? Or a symptom of, of the places from which we come. Sure. And so, and I think that we develop those because those are the sort of qualities we need to survive. Um, I guess what it would be ideal, right, is if the qualities, if if those qualities that we developed, you would like them to be based on, on, um, you would like them, I suppose, to be based on concepts like, you know, that that sort of infectious joy, as opposed to, right, as opposed to a sort of righteousness that, that does that maybe seems uh, a little bit out of place when you're essentially playing a. I guess a game that, you know, if it didn't exist, honestly, you know, the world wouldn't be much different. Yeah. I mean, right. So I'm not trying to like single out Madison Bumgarner as a bad person, but right. no, I mean, I'm not suggesting right. you, you were, I guess, I guess, yeah. My point is like, is, is that exists. And we know that people use, that people must benefit from those values at some point, or they were created to help, to, to help people uh, at some level. But, but then we say, what is their utility when we're talking about, a game which ideally will elevate us and and make us better as opposed to uh, divide us. Right. I mean, I, I think if we look at Madison Bumgarner and kind of how he views how baseball is supposed to be played, in my view, Madison Bumgarner represents the past. He represents um, the last hundred years of baseball. And uh, Jose Fernandez hopefully represented its future. Like, I think the game would do well to go much more in the direction of Jose Fernandez's uh Un, unrequited joy and just um, 
inability to, to, to contain his emotions uh, because he was enjoying himself so much. And I think like if baseball is going to kind of uh, develop and evolve, um, it should develop and evolve towards Jose Fernandez's status of playing the game because I think the way Fernandez played the game is the way we want to watch the game be played. And maybe maybe not everybody feels that way. Maybe I'm alone in this and I'm just speaking for myself. But I loved watching Jose Fernandez play, not just because he was great. Madison Bumgarner is also great. But I enjoyed Jose Fernandez on a totally different level. And I think Madison, Madison Bumgarner and kind of that style of um, just kind of constant anger is not something that I necessarily want to impart to my child. I would much rather teach my son that it's uh, it's great to just enjoy your life and not have to be the police of everybody else. Yeah. Well, I definitely in, – in my guess is that uh, – and I don't think that either of us are qualified to talk about it, although I sense that um, essentially uh, masculinity is is part of play, what it means to be a man, right, and, and um, the values attached to being uh, – values attached to masculinity – Certainly in this country or in this region, it is probably what you're talking about, like the, the, the traditional version of the game. Those two things, I think, probably go hand in hand, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what, like, this is a cultural difference, though, right? Like, what it means right. to be a white man in the South, where Baumgartner grew up, is very different than what it means to be a white, uh, you know, a dark skinned man in Cuba, which is where Fernandez grew up. And so, um, I do think we have a bit of a cultural shift happening in baseball. And, and I think Fernandez represented the best of that cultural shift. Like he's, uh, to me, when you, we talk about like make baseball fun again and bat flips and all that stuff, like he's kind of, he was the ideal ambassador for baseball being an enjoyable entertainment product. Uh, not that I necessarily want to like, you know, have every player bat flipping every home run. And, but like, I think Fernandez, the thing that he did so well is like, he would like laugh at striking out another player and somehow managed to not do it in a mean confrontational way. Right. Like I don't think Fernandez at any point, And even like Yasiel Puig talked about this, I think uh, a little bit uh, when he was asked about, uh, Fernandez is like, he loved striking me out and he loved teasing me about it and I loved him for it, right? Like this, there was like a bond in their, uh, joking affection for Puig just not being good enough to hit Fernandez's slider. And I think that's what baseball could really use more of is like that, uh, just like sincere, honest respect. Like I love the video of, uh, Jose Fernandez, um, facing Kenta Maida a couple weeks ago. Oh, right, yeah. He swings with this high fastball and, like, just starts laughing at how much it moved. And then after he, like, grounds out, he comes back to the dugout and he's, like, describing to his teammates that the pitch, like, moved all over the place and just throws his hands in the air. Like, what am I going to do with that? And, like, uh, I think that's that kind of just pure admiration for the uh, ability of the other player and say, look, you beat me. Uh, awesome. Hats off to you. Fernandez was better at that than anybody else. Yeah, I would like to take to take a brief aside here, and perhaps it's not an aside. You've already mentioned Adrian Beltre. Yeah. Um, and I I actually was watching the uh, the Oakland Texas game yesterday, mostly because it was started by Jarrell Cotton, who's uh, who I enjoy. But um, what I uh, saw too was a, a moment where Adrian Beltre got caught in a rundown. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you saw the video of this. I didn't. Uh, he was, he was getting, you know, run in between first and second because the ball had been lined to Yonder Alonso at first. And, uh, he's being chased to second by Jarrell Cotton. Um, but he knows that he's going to have to, uh, you know, essentially cut back and go back to first base. So what he did was he essentially ran all the way to the pitcher's mound yeah. and then to first base to go out of the, right. 
uh, to go out of the baseline. And he goes to, and he's, you know, the umpire calls him out. And then he stands on first and he's like starting a mock, a mock argument with the umpire. <laughs> Uh, when in fact, like he really has almost gone all the way to the pitcher's mound and going around him. And, uh, but then, you know, also to this point about the, this relationship with talent and, and joy, uh, later he broke up, you know, he broke up the, uh, Jarrell Cotton shutout by hitting a home run, which is something that he's done quite a bit of in his career. Uh, and so, and I, and I think it is always, I think there is going to always be more, more gravity to it when it's the best players who are able to introduce uh, those sorts of um, th- that sort of behavior, right? Because if you're very good and you can also uh, extract joy from the game and and allow other people to do it as well, then I think that the chances of that uh, becoming infectious for other people is probably higher. Yeah, I mean, I think like the thing with like Beltray is like he is like legitimately hilarious, and if you've watched him in his career, like this is just a funny human being who plays baseball at a really high level. Fernandez, I didn't necessarily get the, like, the feeling that this was like a guy who could like do stand-up comedy, but I think his um, just uh, desire to enjoy everything caused everyone else around him to enjoy it, to you know, kind of enjoy their interactions with him. And I, I hope this is the kind of legacy that you, that people who watched him and kids who grow up right now watching baseball like this is the guy you want to emulate on the field for me i mean you know obviously not everyone's gonna feel the same way but like i would love it if my son if he wants to play baseball played baseball like jose fernandez and not you know like there have been you know kind of expressive personalities before and some of them are like legitimately not nice people and they don't treat folks very well and some of their showboating comes from just having an inflated ego but somehow fernandez managed to like combine the expressiveness of what's often referred to as like showboating but doing it without being a dick, right? Like this is a really good guy doing kind of showboaty antics. And I think, um, I think it was probably the fact that he was like, a, at least came across as like a genuine good human being makes those things a lot, a lot more disarming than if it's someone who, you know, treats everyone really terribly. Like Fernandez seems to have been a, you know, legitimately good guy. And therefore we can, um, uh, understand his expressions from a different place. There, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, <clears throat> uh, if there is a benefit to anyone um, dying before, you know, essentially they're supposed to, it is that uh, their life will receive a, a, a sort of volume of attention that it might not have otherwise, right? Yeah. Um, and if if so, it seems as though the positive thing that comes out of Fernandez's death is the fact that um, there, there seem it seems to, you see you you witness a real outpouring of you know from from various people uh, uh, regarding Fernandez and of course again it's impossible to know who he was as a person if you know if you're really fan you really see him on TV even if you just see him in the clubhouse as a writer but uh, there are people who connect with with uh, essentially some. Um, uh, some some moments, some you know particular moments of Fernandez's life that happened to be televised, happened to be preserved at this point. Um, if I guess, what do you suppose? And and I've tried to, I've tried to summarize a couple of them, but not well, I'd say. But like, if if we regard Fernandez at some level as a martyr, right? If we say, you know, because this happens, right, when you have someone who dies for a cause. He wasn't necessarily dying for a cause. It's kind of senseless, in fact, how how it happened. 
But if you, what, what do you think is the cause or is, is the thing that might, you know, um, from which we might benefit, uh, in, in the long run from this, uh, thing that's not particularly pleasant. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely like, um, trying to extract something good from something terrible. Like the loss of Fernandez for all of us is awful for his family, especially, um, the fact that he has, he just announced that his girlfriend is pregnant five days ago or six days ago is just heartbreaking. Um, so the, the scenario is awful and there's no making it good. But I think if we look at the way Fernandez lived and I don't want to like lionize the person like you know there's been enough athletes who we thought were good people and then it turns out they were actually you know they had all these demons in their closets and we regret the nice things we said about them who knows who knows what Jose Fernandez was when we didn't see him but I think when we did see him he exemplified uh attributes that we want we want to carry ourselves right and so like that picture of Fernandez watching the fireworks like that hit me probably harder than anything else is like this is a human being who at 24 years old figured out how to not lose his amazement of the small things in life. And like, you know, I've had near death experiences. Uh, I've been faced with my own mortality and I haven't been able to grasp that. I haven't figured out how to not, um, see fireworks as a mundane thing that I've already seen time and time before. And it doesn't mean that everyone has to love fireworks, but somehow Fernandez tapped into just an an enjoyment and an admiration and an awe of the life that he lived um, that I think we can all aspire to. And like, uh, like I said in the post, like I can't do what Jose Fernandez could do uh, on the field, but the choices he made to just say, you know what, I'm going to act um, in a way that makes it clear that I'm enjoying the moment and I'm not going to hold my emotions in uh, even though I'm living in a culture where that's, uh, the more acceptable way to do it. Like Fernandez was just himself. He's like, I'm not going to kind of conform to these ideas of how I'm supposed to act. I'm just going to let people see how I feel. And when I'm really happy, I'm going to express my happiness. And I think that's a positive lesson that we can say, look, um, if baseball can move more in the direction of Jose Fernandez uh, and expressing joy in a genuine, honest, uh, legitimate way, uh, that's great for the game and great for the people who can learn from Fernandez's legacy. Do you do you think there is an actual? I think who who suggested it was it Passin or um, the 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 or no maybe it was Michael Bauman the creation the hypothetical creation of a of a Jose Fernandez award. Oh, Harry Politas, yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, and then uh, I think I've actually seen a lot of people without actually crediting Harry suggest the same thing today. It seems like an idea that's gaining traction, but Harry was the first one I saw. <clears throat> Well, I guess I don't know. What is the what is the reality of something like happened? Is there a history of awards being created, or, I mean, so or have, is this such? An we exceptional... have the Roberto Clemente Award, right, which is basically honoring uh, another outstanding player who was lost too soon um, for kind of upstanding uh, citizenship and and work in the community. Uh, so Major League Baseball does have these honorary awards. Um, my guess is they they're not going to rush into something. Like I don't think we'll see the announcement of the Jose Fernandez Award tomorrow. Uh, but I think that it would be correct for the league or if the league doesn't want to do it themselves, the baseball writers or, you know, some entity that is an official recognized, I mean, we could do it at Fangraphs, but I would like to see like the league or someone with a little bit more authority, um, actually step in and give an honorary Jose Fernandez award to people who exemplify the traits that Fernandez, um, lived up to and, and kind of that, like, um, that joy and that enthusiasm for the game 
these are positive things. These are things we want players to have. And I think if we can encourage encourage them in Fernandez's memory, uh, that would be a great honor to his legacy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, for, we'll probably stop there for today. I, uh, I think we said we maybe we'll talk later in the week about uh, the game in general. Uh, but this, I think, was, uh, you know, an opportunity to reflect uh, on the only matter that, uh, you know, is probably really making any sense today. Yeah. I mean, talk like, you know, we know that it's the final week of the regular season. The playoffs start, you know, a week from tomorrow. Um but it just feels inappropriate to talk about anything besides Jose Fernandez today. And to be honest, like all day yesterday, like I woke up to the news and spent most of the day trying to figure out what to write. And like as the Dodgers were winning the division on a walk-off home run in Vin Scully's final home game, I could not figure out how to stop thinking about Jose Fernandez. And so today we just want to remember the life of a, you know, uh, of a player that we'll never forget. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you for that, Dave Cameron. You're um, welcome. Yeah. That is, uh, and thank you, Jose Fernandez. Yeah, thank you, Jose Fernandez. Um, that uh, that is that is managing editor of Fangraph, Dave Cameron. I'm Carson Sestouli. This has been Fangraphs Audio.